Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Development focus on the home straight with Musubudi Whitehead. Well, tonight, right now, kids are about to board a plane. They are headed to Barcelona. And this is a program we know very much about here in South Africa. It's called the Danone Nations Cup and made famous by that team that first won it back in 2003 with youngsters such as Kamuhelo uh, Mukocho in that team. Well, all these years later, all these years later, 16 years later, Mukocho is still part of Bafana Bafana and uh, was part of the Bafana Bafana side that finished in the quarterfinals at the recent Africa Cup of Nations out in Egypt. That has been his development path. Munnawa Urindals Riz ending up through that under 12 uh, initially with Super Sport United, then Danone Nations Cup, then going overseas. And that has been his development path. At this time, every night here on the home straight, we always talk football development. And tonight we are talking Danone Nations Cup with one of the coaches that has helped to prepare the youngsters that will be going out to represent South Africa. There are three schools, uh, one from KZN, one from the Western Cape. Those are boys' schools. And uh, and then a third from out here in Ivory Park, Ribonwe, who are a girls' school, who will be the first ever girls' school from South Africa to take part in the Donan Nations Cup. And joining us in studio here, a man who's been working with them. He is part of the Bitvest Vits uh, Development Structures coaching there, and he's here to share with us because we always talk about the importance, as is detailed in Safa's Vision 2022, of training and upskilling coaches who are going to coach specifically at those junior age groups right from uh, under 9, under 12, under 15, under 17. Spoo Sonsinde joins us in studio. Spoo, thank you so much for your time and uh, it's such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you, CVD. Um, good evening to the listeners. Tell us about yourself. For those who don't know who Spoo is, where does your love of football come from? Oh, um, you know, um, you know, they 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 say um, if you want to understand um, who you really are and what you love, you must ask your parents. You know? <laughs> and you and your father are very close. Yeah, yeah. You must you must ask your parents. And um, I actually had the conversation with them on how was I like growing up, you know. And they mentioned that I was serious at the age of six. You know, what <laughs> football I'd always be serious. Um, and never miss training, never miss a game. When I lose, um, you know. Um, yeah, you're crying. No I one could cry- talk to yeah, you. Yeah, I was crying. No one could talk to me. And um, and, and, and that's where it all started. So I'm from Sibukeng. Um, grew up uh, in Zone 12. And then later moved to Zone 10 and currently reside in Titier. Um, uh, you know, um, my journey with football um, started there. And... Um, um, I, I, I had a lot of support, you know, growing up, you know, um, you know, as a black child growing in the 80s, you, you know, we, we always say we choose football, but football chooses us. I mean, you look at the facilities that we, we grew up having, mm. all we had was dusty, dusty fields to play on. And that ball made out of plastic that we yeah. wrapped yeah, and yeah. played a challenge. Played challenge, disappear for the whole day. You know, and then um, and and then you come back in the evening. You're in serious trouble, um, and then um, you know um, I ended up joining a formal team by the name of Happy Arts. 
started under six, didn't didn't have a clue what I was doing, you know. <laughs> but uh, you know, my love for football carried me through. I mean, I moved from playing midfielder, defender, and I ended up um, playing goalkeeper, which was oh, wow. what, what, was what I did uh, professionally in the in the in the NFD and later on in in the ABC Mutsepe League. Um, so at the age of eleven, I was forced to play under under 11 under 15 at the age of 11 wow okay yeah um i'd gone the whole day played under under 10 under 11 and under 15 i came back broke my arm my dad was like no ways you cannot play you, you cannot be so talented and play football at this level so he took me to a guy called bramex in in Sibukeng. he used to run a team called two for joy ah we've yeah. heard of two for joy so i joined yes. i joined two for joy uh, at the age of 12 first time on tv first time on newspapers um played with the likes of uh, steve liquili uh, yes. the likes of china masondo they made me almost quit football at some point because they were just too good you know, um, and then and then we we moved uh, moved to Hellas, um, a team in Vanderbilt Park where I played with the likes of Lakim Sati, mm-hmm. um, and then I represented the Val Triangle um, region in, in in a couple of tournaments. Um, then my journey took me in '98 to the Kaiser Chiefs development. I spent a month there, and I was failing school. And uh, it was decided that you know the travel from the Val to mm. um, uh, the 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 UJ state uh, grounds now, which was known as the Ra grounds. Um, uh, yeah, my parents decided no, you can't, you're failing. Um, and then '99, I moved I moved to Bloemfontein to try out for Celtics. <laughs> that didn't go well. I spent a month there. And then um, yeah, the latter part of the 2000s. Um, uh, I remember I spent in the ABC Mutsipet League, you know. Um, but there was one one funny story that I skipped in 2001. There was a team called Mafube in in Shopville. Um They, you know, they they obviously heard about my exploits, <laughs> you know, and um, they they recruited me to play a game. There's there was um, uh, uh, I think it's a fun. It was a fundraiser, and we played Orlando Pirates at George Tabby. Oh yes, yeah. Oh, it was first time playing in, in Spain. which was the the, the slaughterhouse for Val professionals. For Val professionals, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I I remember having all the support and everyone screaming your name, which was so crazy. You know, first time in a hotel, and um and 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 my my dad was there. Um, I thought he was there to support me. He's an Orlando Pirates supporter. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was so it was so disappointing. And how I found out, you know, the, you know, I greeted him before the start of the game, and you know, Paris did their whole salute with the with the skull and crossbones. And I saw the guy stand up. I'm like, jeez, man. <laughs> He's supporting yeah. the opposing team. Yeah. Oh, man. Just taking us down memory lane here is Asmusi uh, Sonsinde reminding us of some of those teams and names, especially from the VAR that we'd forgotten. And unfortunately, perhaps not um, as prominent as it was in uh, in the 80s and 90s as football in that VAR region, especially around areas such as Sharpville, where there used to be some some really good football and is not necessarily the case now. I guess probably the most famous name to come out of that area in recent times is that of uh, Tabo Rajale, having gone on uh, to Orlando Pirates, Jomo. So he's 
telling us about how he started as a player. Many people started as a player and then moved on to become a coach. How and when did you decide to become a coach? Or was this a decision that was forced upon you when your football days ended and said, I'm going into coaching? Well, funny enough, I, I retired at the age of 25. So very young. Very young. Um, I was not injured. I was... Um, I, I didn't lose the love for football. It was um, a matter of, um, uh, you know, in, in, in life you have to understand yourself before anything else. Um, I, I, I looked at the options I had. You know, I could do corporate, I could do football. You know, and I had to make that decision. Um, I remember back then um, I was the only guy playing ABC Mutsipet League with a car who was married with a house, you know, and um, and 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 I I I looked at where I, I um, I'm going to be in two three years, you know. I am I gonna play for two three hundred rands, a thousand rands here and there. One week I'm in Cape Town, I'm fired, and next next month I'm in Durban. I, I just couldn't handle the instability in that, you know. So I had to make that choice. Mm, and you made the choice. And now coming into your life as a, as a coach then, talk to us a little bit about that because you are here to talk about the work that you've done with the Danone youngsters that are off to Barcelona. And we will have another coach following you in Owen Dagama uh, in just a couple of minutes' time. So we find in general that a lot of people, well, back in the day who would become coaches would become coaches maybe because they had the love for coaching, have always been coaches, but not necessarily maybe have studied coaching. And with the change in football, you see this general encouragement to say that if you're going to become a coach, especially with the young, 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 young children, you must have studied coaching. What has been your, your path to be coaching um, at a team like Vits, which alongside teams like IX Cape Town and Supersport United have got really good junior structures? Okay, so my journey in coaching, um, it was accidental, purely accidental. You know, um, a friend of mine worked with me at the bank and um, we'd always talk football, you know, and he, he liked my understanding of football and how I perceive it. And he invited me to the now Max Park Vets Juniors. Mm, mm, I yeah, yeah, where they used to train out, out yeah, here, yeah. They'll yeah. play all the games on like a Saturday or a Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he invited me there. And um, I fell in love with coaching. I fell in love with coaching. And um, initially, I had hated football because I never really got to where I wanted to be, you know. And I was reluctant to go back. And um, as soon as I hit the field, I was at home again, you know. It was, it was as if as if I'm competing again, I'm, 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 I'm trying to get, I'm, I'm trying to get um, a, a better as a player, as, as I am as a coach, you know, and, and uh, it took off from there. So 2013, I was at Vets Juniors, and then uh, I stayed for another two years, and then Bedvest Vets called uh -huh. in 2016, and I was there up until April this year. Okay. Yeah. Now talk to us about the Danon Nations Cup and how you came to be involved with those youngsters. They leave for Barcelona tonight and I was speaking to the coach uh, from Ribonwe who of course uh, will have the first girls team to represent South Africa at that tournament and he, he says that they've done so many sessions with you about 18 or 20 sessions where you've been putting them through their paces. What have you tried to, to teach them in this short period of time 
especially because we'll have a lot of teachers who'll be listening to this show mm. who have the love for football mm. and want to will have their pen and paper and want to take some notes and say I want to do this in my training session. I may not have the 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 the, the, the coaching qualifications but I'm trying to learn something. What do you think you've been able to teach them or what was your approach in just this very short space of time? Well, in in you know the the Danone Nations Cup it's an amazing project, you know. Um it just pits all kids across the world, you know, from different schools, you know, to, you know, to play this uh, <laughs> uh, wonderful uh, tournament, which is the World Cup for the under-12s. So um, Danone approached me in 2016 to help prepare their the teams ahead of the World Cup. And we've, we've had a great relationship ever since. So uh, this year it was a slightly different um, approach where we got these girls and I got two months to work with them. Mm. The thinking behind that was um, as, as the tournament evolved, a lot of schools got involved. That included schools like RCD Espanol, which is yeah, which, which is, is a feeder for for, for 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 the professional side. Yeah, Espanol in La Liga. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we have River Plate from Argentina. We have Napoli from Italy. So they they identified that Danone South Africa identified that, and they approached me. They said, "Look, we'll give you we'll we'll give you two months." Yeah, because you're going to need more time because mm-hmm. girls football at that age group is still in its in its infancy in yeah. South Africa. Yeah, so. So yeah, I had two months, and the main focus to answer your question is um, at at that age. I mean, under twelve, it's the golden age, you know. Um, uh, however, it's it's uh, my approach was different because they haven't had any formal training before, and uh, the coach is a teacher who was doing a brilliant job. You know, they went all the way up until they won the, the nationals. You know, um, but there, there was there was one or two things that I could I could. Um, um, I could help, you know, and, and one of them was uh, technical training. You know, um, as you know, that's the most important thing. Okay. Can, Controlling the ball, being the master of the ball. Being the master of the ball. Uh-huh. Which is what you learn when you play with that plastic ball that you wrap up like this. Yeah. You don't trap the ball and then it goes <laughs> five meters away. It, you control the ball. You control the ball. So that was the most important thing. So we spent a month doing that. And then the second month, we, we, we spent it on organization. You know, which is very important. You're going to play with teams like France, Japan, you know, <laughs> they're disciplined, you know, and they get that from a young age, you know. So that that's the second part. I, I worked on the organization. And then the third thing was I had to work on their confidence. You know, once they knew they were organized, once they knew they could move the ball and control the ball, that, that was it. You know, I wish I had more time, you know, because there was more things I would have loved to impart on them, you know, but... Um, uh, it is what it is, you know, two months it was, and, and I, did, I did the best that I could. And I love the approach. Smoo, you'll be back again soon to talk to us. Uh, a beautiful snippet of an interview with uh, Smoo Sonsinde. It is always uh, our football development focus that we have here on a Monday night on the home straight. And Smoo has been working with the kids of Ribon with the girls. So when you hear stories coming back from Barcelona about how our kids are performing there, these are the young coaches who are training these youngsters who are the future of South African football, maybe one or two in years to come.
will play for Banyana Banyana and will speak about this as, as he says four. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very confident. <laughs> he <forward>. says four. <laughs> and they will say this was a turning point in their young career. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us here on KFM 95.9. And uh, we will keep in touch with you. All the best to the young girls in Barcelona. Thank you so much. Rewinding, Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.